I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello, and welcome to the Eurotrip live from Turin. This is the Eurotrip. So, hello, everyone, and welcome to the world's favourite Eurovision podcast. This is the Eurotrip with me, Rob, and everybody. I've got some very exciting news. I'm joined by a very special guest. James is back, everyone. Hey Rob, how are you? I am very, very good. How is it being back home after that roller coaster week that we have both had? Do you know what? The best thing about it is seeing you on the other end of the screen because now it seems like so long ago since we were actually together because we did have a really good start of the week and then a pretty rubbish sort of middle of the week, but it's now picking up again. It's great to be back. Yeah, we're getting there, aren't we? The Eurovision Grand Final is tomorrow, and yeah, we're feeling a little bit better about life. I now have an emergency passport, that's very exciting, so once I test negative for COVID, I can leave the country, which is always ideal. But yeah, things are looking up. What did you do for the semi-final last night? I was watching it with some family and some friends. Yeah, it was just nice to be able to settle down and watch yet another great show because we're speaking to you in the aftermath of the second semi-final of Eurovision 2022. What a show we had and 10 brilliant qualifiers to add to tomorrow night's grand final. Thank you for returning to this, the Euro trip for 
our build-up for the grand final. We'll be back tomorrow with our big grand final preview for you, so you can listen to that as you get ready for the big show tomorrow. But today, we've got a second semi-final to look back on, and we're doing that with loads of special guests. We are going to be talking We Are Domi again, of course, because they qualified. We're also going to be talking Australia with our pals from Aussie Vision. And, James, we'll be talking about Ireland with Emma Kelly, great journalist that she is. Yeah, so we've got all that and more to come on this episode of the Eurotrip, live from Turin. This is the Eurotrip, although it feels a little bit trade descriptions act, doesn't it? To be to be saying live <laughs> from Turin when only 50% of the presenting lineup is in Turin. Like, is that some sort of breach of the trade descriptions act? You spoke first and you said live from Turin. Although I've just said it. I, I don't think it counts anymore. Live from Turin, <laughs> sort of, kind of, only half of us. But be honest with me. Obviously, we're talking now and you can see Margarita's Kitchen, which... You, of course, you know, you were here earlier on in the week. Are you missing it? Because I feel like I've given the listeners a lovely lovely little insight into this culinary wonderland setup that I've got here with the very old school gas cooker. So are I am you missing, missing it. things? No, I am missing it. It was sort of like a home from home at the start of the week and last weekend. And I wish I told you about this because I know you told the listeners a few days ago about how you had to light the, the, the gas hob with this sort of lighter. I wish I told you about that because Margarita had told me when she first showed me around, I would just neglect it to tell you. So sorry that you had to figure that out, that one out by yourself. That's all right. There's a drawer behind me that I think has got about 15 lighters in it. So <laughs> if the one that I'm currently using runs out, I don't think I'll have a problem in, uh, in, in doing that. But yeah, I managed to get my takeaway last night, by the way, if you're interested, you and the listeners, I got a burger. I would say it was a solid six out of 10. I've had better, but I have had worse. A classic Italian staple, a lovely beef burger. (laughs) Yeah, it's not quite on the list of uh, Italian classics, is it? Never mind, never mind. But I'm glad you managed to enjoy yourself and sit down and watch the show because it was another great semi-final. It certainly was. Well, should we get straight to it? Should we have a listen? Here's our 10 qualifiers from last night. Be 
So you heard there the songs from Belgium, the Czech Republic, Azerbaijan, Poland, Finland, Estonia, Australia, Sweden, Romania, and the final qualifier there, Serbia. What I love about the Eurovision Song Contest is that for weeks and months we get used to these songs and everybody always has an opinion about which ones will qualify and yet somehow everybody is always wrong when it comes to the night of the semi-finals because it always creates so many emotions of relief and agony and joy and just every single emotion possible when you see those qualifiers get announced. Yeah, one of the big shocks, I would say, and I think that's fair to say, looking at Eurovision Twitter over the last few hours, was Belgium. Now, Jeremy McKeese, lovely guy, really, really lovely guy, but I'm not sure I had him down as a surefire qualifier for the grand final. Well, have a listen to this. This is the moment that Belgium's commentators, the Flemish-Belgian commentators, revealed that Belgium had qualified for the grand final. Is Belgium! What? 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 The fuck? Allee, hoe cool is that? It has never happened. My loss. My loss as it. I was going to say, it's just that emotion, isn't it? We don't know, as UK Eurovision fans, what it feels like to sit through a semi-final and then sit through the voting sequence there because we always guarantee a place. The UK is always, as a member of the Big Five, is always going to be in the grand final. So we don't know what that emotion is like. Thankfully, though, on today's episode, we will be joined by some guests who can sort of explain what it is like to be seeing your home country almost qualify and then do qualify those emotions. We'll never feel that, Rob. No. Well, hopefully not. Anyway, I think the minute the UK (laughs) dropped down to the semi-final, I feel like our vested interest in the the Saturday grand final might, might go down quite a bit. Although not this year, obviously. Loads of Sam Ryder chat on tomorrow's podcast. And he may come up a couple of times with our guests today as well. But me and you basically felt like proud parents last night, didn't we? Because (laughs) closing the show last night, an incredible performance and qualifying for the grand final, we are Domi. So pleased for Dominica, Benjamin and Casper. Yeah, oh, honestly, me too. We, of course, we have, of course, followed their journey from pretty much day one. We've spoken to them every month in what we called our We Are Dommy Diary. They joined us every month to sort of explain what that roller coaster is like for an artist going to represent their country at the Eurovision Song Contest, to talk us through what those emotions are like and what the process is like of getting immersed into the world of Eurovision. So, yeah, we seem to have had a bit of a connection with them, and it was so, so nice to see them qualify to the grand final after a very, very impressive performance. Yeah, well, let's hear their commentator. This is their reaction back in the Czech Republic when we are Domi qualified. The second finalist. Who can celebrate Který bude oslavovat. The Czech Republic. A je to Česká republika. Myslím, že oslavovat můžeme všichni. Můžeme se již teď těšit. So we're going to keep the Dommy love going on the podcast today because hopefully you're feeling the connection to them as we are, me and James at least. And hopefully, you know, you listening to this podcast and following their journey with us, you know, you were as pleased to see them qualify for the grand final. But I know a particular part of the UK are delighted. We have mentioned it before. We are, Dommy, a special connection to Leeds, which James is much closer to where you are right now than where I am. 
Yeah, it is actually. It's not too far down the road from me at all. Of course, the the trio of Casper, Benjamin and Dominica all met together in Leeds when they were studying at university. And that's when they formed the group that we now know as We Are Dommy. So yeah, they've got a bit of connection to the north of England. Well, earlier on, I thought I'd cross to Leeds to find out how the city was reacting to their adopted musicians making it through to the Eurovision Grand Final. So I had a chat to Pete Allison. He is a journalist at BBC Radio Leeds, the BBC local radio station in the city. But I thought I'd start, before we got on to We Are Dommy and their Leeds connections and how the city was feeling, I thought I'd start by asking Pete for his Eurovision credentials. When it comes to credentials, I am just Eurovision nerd. I think that's the best way of, of expressing it. Just love it. Love. Um, I think initially I sort of love the kind of novelty of it and the uh, OTT cliche sort of Eurovision that, that a lot of people sort of... Um, watch it with that kind of perspective and then over time I've just more and more fallen in love with the the proper craft of it as a show and the whole process of each country identifying their acts and and I've definitely definitely taken a huge amount of pride in in particularly in in the UK this year people just seeing it with just a touch more credibility I really like that because I think I think that it's deserved that other countries around the world have done that for so much for, for for some time and and for us to be part of that real feeling of taking it more seriously this time around I, I, I just love that so yeah credentials wise nerd is as is, is, is best uh, is the best way I can put it I think when it comes to Eurovision you've got to embrace the nerdiness of it because there's so many of us you've just got to embrace it at this point yeah and like I, I'm sort of also done with trying to convince like the cynics about it and instead particularly at work over the last week I mean I'll be totally honest so I work on the breakfast program on um, BBC Radio Leeds and I have just bulldozed my way to doing as <laughs> much Eurovision content as I possibly can partly as we'll come on to because of We Are Dommy but partly because it's just it's just so it's the it's the best night of TV of the year and anybody who doesn't fully see that I mean firstly they're probably not listening to this podcast but secondly oh they're just missing out it's just so much fun yeah absolutely me and you definitely don't need any convincing you you <laughs> you alluded to them there let's talk about the Czech app at Eurovision 2022 we are Domi they're a group that we've been following here on the podcast for the last few months we've been following their Eurovision journey and we, of course, know their links to Leeds, which, of course, is where you're talking to me from. But, Pete, before we get on to kind of what's happened and them, of course, in the semi-final and that sort of thing, talk to me about how you first became aware, I suppose, of, of We Are Domi and their links to the city. So I'd, I'd heard the song before I knew anything about their, their links to Leeds, because obviously, as you do, you have a listen round to what each country selected as the whole process goes along. And I knew that I liked the song and I knew that, that I thought it would have a decent chance. But then a friend of mine who I'd sort of I'd sort of say that he is one of the absolute sort of mega Eurovision nerds. And I use the word nerd in a in a lovely celebratory way of course um and he messaged me and said oh did you know one of the acts has got a link to to Leeds and and uh, that was basically all he he mentioned did a little bit digging and uh then the penny dropped because they studied at what was then called Leeds College of Music uh, it's now called Leeds Conservatoire um you got a fancier name these days and <laughs> and that building is actually right next to well where I am right now um in the BBC building in Leeds City Centre so uh, suddenly 
I'm even more invested. Um, did a little bit of digging into them and, and just found out a bit more about them. Uh, 2016, it was that they were here. And um, yeah, they they met there, they founded there. And, and originally they came together as basically their version of a dissertation. Their final project was was to form a band and to, 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 to write music together, basically. And um, they stayed together after that and stayed living in the city. And, um, and when I spoke to them, they gave all these really lovely examples of 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 their affection for for Leeds as a city the, the the bars that they worked in behind the bar to you know earn a bit of money while they were studying and uh some of the venues in Leeds City Centre Belgrave a great um great music venue in, in Leeds City Centre that they performed in and just really got a sense of of quite how connected they were with it as a city they spent um five years I think Dominique spent six years living here so you know that's a big big chunk of their lives that they've spent not just obviously living in Leeds but but living the life of a young person in the UK as well so yeah was already already a fan of theirs because I liked the song but yeah the more I read about that connection um the the more interested I was And obviously you talked about, you know, managing to kind of bulldoze your way through and, and produce as much Eurovision content as possible this week. What's it been like bringing the We Are Dommy story to the audience in Leeds? Because, you know, like you, I, I imagine the majority, if not all of your listeners, wouldn't have known about that story. So what's that been like? No, exactly. And I think, I mean, the one thing that people will know about Yorkshire as a, as a region, as a part of the UK, is that there's an exceptional amount of local pride. And somebody from Yorkshire will probably tell you within the first five minutes of meeting them that they're from here. And it, there's really this sense of getting behind like one of our own. And I think while I'm sure lots of people were aware of Sam Ryder and his, his, his entry, uh, it kind of feels like we uh, at Radio Leeds have tried to really celebrate them as as much because it's so hard to make such a massive global thing like Eurovision um feel local and feel connected to 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 a particular region and we got this great opportunity to to go big on 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 it once we found out about this link with them and um we've not only spoken to the band themselves we've spoken to um some of the people that taught them at leeds college of music and and really kind of like built that narrative around them and and that's the the kind of thing that people love about eurovision right all the biggest fans love like following these songs following these artists and then eventually seeing them on stage on the night itself and and that's the one thing that i think we've given them people listening to radio leeds and you know people that read the bbc news website and things we've given them the opportunity to really buy into this narrative which is is made so much easier by how incredibly lovely they are as a band and funny and warm and uh, endearing they are they um and how good the song is as well i think that's part of it too but um yeah it's it's i i think i've managed to to really convert all of our team here at least at radio leads are, are fully on board with them um, with seeing how we are dommy do on, on the final night so if we see a breakdown of the points from the uk tomorrow night <laughs> I imagine there'll be a lot of check 12 points heading from uh, heading from Leeds, which is fantastic. Me and James, who I present the podcast with, we were messaging each other last night when they qualified and said, you know, we were a bit like proud parents seeing them make it through to the, the final. You know, you mentioned that you've 
you've spoken to some of the, the people that taught them and some other people that know them from the city. I mean, they must be super proud as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Leeds Conservatoire uh, have this wonderful track record for um for 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 producing not just talented musicians but but sort of um producers people that work behind the scenes crafting all these wonderful things and and one of the um uh gus gowland who's a he's a former um tutor there former uh lecturer um he he was a former judge for eurovision as well so that they've or for the uk jury so they've already got that connection with eurovision um but i i don't think they've ever seen some of their students go from you know learning there to within six years uh, performing for god knows how many millions of people on on the final night so um they are really proud of them and we've heard so much more about them as musicians as well and what their strengths were i think the two guys in the band they started as jazz musicians so for them to go from being uh, jazz musicians to now being on stage doing this big kind of brash exciting electro pop thing just shows you quite how talented they are and, and quite how versatile they are as musicians and and domi's been performing live for, for for quite some time in the city and and um to see her on that kind of stage and and really throwing themselves into it. Um, I, I think she looked really, I think she looked really comfortable in the, the semi-final. And, and I hope that she gets some some confidence from the fact that that performance got them through. I, I hope you see her enjoying it even more so, because um, yeah, it's a really exciting song. So yeah, a massive amount of pride. And I know a load of the students who are obviously looking at these people who've who've studied the same courses of them as them, um, now performing on one of the world's biggest stages. Uh, they're all gathering to watch the final there with a few drinks at the at the at the premises. I think a load of students coming together to watch it. Um, so yeah, they're they're well invested and, and well up for for, for watching it. Yeah, like you said there, six years ago, they were there and now they're opening the Eurovision Grand Final, which is incredible. Uh, Peter, can't let you go without talking to me about Julian Ian. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so basically when, when, we, when I chatted to the band, um, I, they, I, I didn't realise quite how recently they lived here in the UK. And um, th- it turns out that their, their lockdown was spent living in Meanwood, which is a part of uh, like a really lovely suburb, 10 minutes outside of Leeds. Um, and they were talking about the street that they lived on and how they used to go for walks in Meanwood Park during lockdown. And they wanted to give a specific mention to their neighbours, Julie, <laughs> Julie and Ian, uh, who I imagine like we all got to know our neighbours much better or most of us did during lockdown they are the neighbours that they got to know well during that time and they really hoped that they were doing Julian and you know I've not that's the one thing I've not managed to do I've not managed to track down Julian Ian I would love to know what they make of it but um, Julian Ian we're, we're, we are Dobby's neighbours um, in Meanwood on the edge of Leeds and they just wanted to do a, a little mention specifically to them uh, I think they said uh, we hope we're doing them proud which God a time a hundred times over of course they're doing them proud it's it's lovely oh well i hope julian are watching the final story that'd be brilliant wouldn't it pete, surely they will be yeah, surely, surely 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 pete what are you doing tomorrow have you got plans for the uh for the final i have got a load of friends uh coming over i have my eurovision bunting up uh i have uh, a load of pizza in ready italian themed obviously obviously um and you know i've i had the idea today of uh, the 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 best the dessert offering to my friend is going to get because of spaceman I thought rocket lollies so <laughs> I'm going to get some really cheap supermarket rocket lollies and they can just have one of those that's my plan I love it oh Pete thank you so much for for having a chat to us on the podcast Pleasure, mate. really appreciate it nice one Rob cheers. 
This is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. So a big thanks to Pete Allison from BBC Radio Leeds for joining us here on the Eurotrip. And I must put my cards on the table. I never thought we'd end up speaking to somebody from BBC Radio Leeds on the podcast, especially to talk about the Czech Republic's entry at Eurovision. This is the wonderful world of Eurovision. You never know what's going to happen next, do you? <laughs> oh, honestly, very, very crazy. But yeah, we just a, a quick note to react again to the Czech Republic. We are so pleased to see them in the final. I think they're a great addition. And of course, we'll look ahead to the grand final on tomorrow's episode, where we'll go into the running order. But just a moment to say that they will be opening the show with their song Lights Off on Saturday night. What a great position that is as well, because it means once they've performed, they can just get drunk in the green room and enjoy the rest of the show. Like their <laughs> job is done. Like arguably, that's the best possible position. Maybe not from a results perspective, but from a personal perspective, they can just enjoy themselves. So a great position for them. Now, if we move on from the Czech Republic, one of the other qualifiers last night, Australia, Sheldon Riley, of course, you heard from him on yesterday's podcast. Well, he's made it through. Talking of running orders, he'll perform in song number 21 for just before Sam Ryder and the United Kingdom. But James, you've been getting some Aussie reaction as well. And I think you can probably guess who we've been talking to. Yeah, there's only one place we can go for all the reaction to Australia at the Eurovision Song Contest. Of course, it's the boys from Aussie Vision, Mike and Dale. We were very lucky enough to catch up with them the other day when we were both in Turin. We had a lovely evening together, which seemed to just go on forever. It flew by, though. We managed to have a few beers and catch up and chat all things Eurovision, which was a great fun night, wasn't it, Rob? It definitely was. Arguably the highlight of the trip, I would say. It was down. <laughs> it was downhill after that. But yeah, no, that was a that was an absolutely brilliant evening with the guys, and obviously being thousands of miles away from them usually so lovely to see them in person so those boys were in the arena last night cheering on their man Sheldon Riley in the semi-final and I caught up with them a little earlier today to find out their reaction to the results so here we are then joined by Mike and Dale the boys from Aussie Vision looking back at last night Mike can I start with you first of all just an initial reaction to Sheldon's performance in the semi-final last night. Oh, incredibly proud. We, we were hopeful of this song. He's such a great vocalist and we wanted to see it come alive. And I think it ticked every box we really, really wanted. The, the whole stage show was great and, and he just performs the hell out of it. So really, really proud. Dale, you fellas were inside the arena for the show itself, one of the lucky few who had tickets to the live show. What was it like to see that moment where the song before him had finished, they'd wrapped it up, and then his staging started to come together? It's like 30 seconds or so. That sort of goosebump moment where you're thinking, here he comes, this is the moment. What's it like inside the arena? Oh, it's very much about that, isn't it? You're very anxious. You're enjoying the show, but you're getting ready because we've got such a vested interest in Australia, obviously. And we just had actually Laurel beforehand, which was just out of this world the crowd had gone off and it's kind of nice that it takes a while to set it up it kind of resets it everyone gets a bit calmer and then yeah to see him come out the reception he got even when he walked out was amazing uh and it just looked incredible he sounded great goosebumps all around the vote it's all about the vocal and he smashed it and he had a bit of an issue where the microphone stand dropped so basically he gets up he lifts it up and meant to put his mic in it dropped <laughs> so 
he had to hold his mic as he took his mask off. So just in that moment of being professional and powering through, we didn't even notice in the stadium at all, but we're a little bit further back, but it was fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say, I definitely noticed something had happened during the live performance where his mic stand was a bit off and taking that mask off. But Mike, it just shows what a true professional he is that he manages to still carry on through those little tricky moments and presumably the reaction inside the arena when he performed and when he had finished performing was through the roof as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you rehearse these things so many times, sometimes the slightest little thing can throw you and and um, just kind of just get a little bit lost. But no, he thought his way through it. He remained calm and didn't miss a beat. So I think the crowd really, really appreciated it. You know, you always have those moments. He, up, he walks up the stairs, you think, oh, my God, don't fall over. <laughs> uh, don't drop the microphone. Everything's sort of going through your head. But no, he's, he's a true professional and, and I think he he'll be really proud of his performance because he's, he's his biggest critic. And also in the arena, like I think a lot of people, I had this guy next to me from Ireland. He said, hated our songs, said it was whiny. And then <laughs> he saw it perform live and he just turned and went, wow, that was amazing. You guys are qualifying. It was fantastic. It's always that live performance thing. And it, it definitely came through in the, in the arena. It is. That's the, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because for weeks and months, you can think, you know, you can think less of a song or you can really like a song and then the live performance really makes it or breaks it. It's interesting to see how that sort of develops. Mike, you mentioned before about how you had to walk up those steps, of course, on the staging. That was genuinely a bit of a a bit of a risk, really, because tell us, maybe one of you two guys knows how much that outfit altogether actually weighs, because it, it, it wasn't a small piece, was it? No, it's not the most subtle piece of clothing. Um, it's 40 kilos in general. So he has to ascend the stairs with this all hanging off him. And it's quite long. It's around the ankles and feet. So he could easily sort of come a cropper. But, um, you know, what they've done with that whole ascending up the stairs, they've really made a moment of it and, and really filmed it really well. And rather than just seeing him get from point A to point B, you go on that journey with him. So they've done it very, very cleverly. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to lug that you know, outfit up there too many times. (laughs) Dale, what do you think the most nerve-wracking point was? Was it thinking, is he going to make it up these stairs? Or was it when the votes were coming in, when the qualifiers were being announced? And he wasn't announced till, I think it was at seventh, the seventh artist to be announced. That must have been the most nerve-wracking point, especially looking back to last year when, of course, Australia didn't make it. You must have thought, had those thoughts going round and round your head again, thinking, not again, please not again. Oh yeah, definitely the most nervous was the votes. Um, going <laughs> going into Eurovision Hall, I felt very comfortable. Then we had semi-final run results. And then it was like, oh, there was a couple of surprises there. Nothing certain. And then as they were being announced, when you had Belgium and you had Azerbaijan, um, and then you also had obviously Poland, you start to just go oh, did they get the jury votes? And maybe we didn't have that impact as much as we thought we did. Oh no, what's happening? And look, to say that I was I was having kittens, I was freaking <laughs> out big time. Um, but when obviously it happened, and in, in one way it's, it's horrible to go through that. But then when you have that moment to celebrate, it's a bit like in football. Sometimes you want to win 5-0, but they're not very memorable games. When you kind of win in the last minute, it's like amazing ecstasy. And that's what it was like. We'll come back to Sheldon in a second, but Mike, if we look back at what else happened in the semi-final last night, can you give us an idea of which one or two performances really sold themselves really, really well last night? Which ones, if you think back to last night, which ones are the ones that really jump out to you? 
Yeah, I think the two that really stood out for me, Sweden, there's a reason why it's one of the favourites. The whole Melody Festival and performance, I think we thought, oh, well, we've kind of seen it before, but no, she brings a a real added dimension to it and there's a bigger crescendo, for example. So just watching that in the stadium, you're kind of nodding and going, yeah, this one's going to do very, very, very well. And the other one for me was the Czech Republic, the closing act. Now, I hadn't been that keen on the song or I was a little bit worried thinking this may not even qualify. But once they, you saw the show, it just elevated so highly and it's stuck in your mind. So I wouldn't be surprised if it did very, very well in the tally vote. Oh, yeah, it was a tremendous close to the show, wasn't it? It'll be interesting to see how that shapes up as an opener. Of course, it's going to open the show on Saturday night. Dale, what about you? What else? If you try and avoid saying Sweden in the Czech Republic, just to add a bit of flavour, what, oh, what, no, no. what else jumped out for you? I'm, I've got a few, definitely. I mean, number one, uh, the, the vocal of Poland, we've seen it so many times and so many pre-parties and everything, but to sit there live and hear that, oh my God, it is just incredible. Now the staging's a bit interesting, but that vocal alone, he could just stand there and do nothing and sing and he's going to get votes. The other one as well, um, which has been the wild card, how is this going to be treated, how it's going to go is Serbia. And I think the crowd was the extra member of the group last night for Serbia. Everyone was sitting there during the verses because it's not really a, uh, I guess a big arena performance is quite tightly in on shot, but then we just waited and everyone knew we had to clap and everyone in there did it. And you can hear it through the, watching it back on the um, TV. You can hear that coming through. And I just think that brings that atmosphere to something that is quirky and weird. Uh, And I think it's a wild card for, for the grand final. Was the clapping real then? Because I remember watching on TV at home thinking, there's definitely a lot of Eurovision fans in there who will know when to clap, but it sounded so loud. Do you think it genuinely was that real? Genuinely. Seriously, I've got a video. I'll send it to you on my Instagram right (laughs) now. I pan to the crowd. Everybody, everybody is doing it. And yeah, there's a lot of Eurofans in there, but, um, you know, I just think it, it was so impactful. Not fake, all loud, crowd loving it. Oh, it's moments that like that that we just love the Eurovision Song Contest for, isn't it? Oh, we've just got to love it. Let's look ahead to the final, of course, then. We've got the running order that's come out uh, overnight in the early hours. 21st place in the running order Sheldon is going to be performing in. What do you guys think about that? Especially because following him, you've got another two big male soloists, the UK and Sam Ryder, and then Poland, of course, with Ackman. What do you think that's going to do to Sheldon's chances, Mike? Look, it's a quality portion of the running order. So, I mean, you can either look at it as, oh, my God, we might be overshadowed by some of these other acts. But to be honest, you kind of might just get swept up in the whole thing as well because it's it's an excellent portion of the show. Um, I think Sheldon's got got a presentation and a voice that really kind of stands out itself. Um, Perhaps Sam Ryder and Ackman are going, oh, no, we're right near Sheldon kind of thing. So, look, it's... You know, you can you're gonna have to be judged against these guys anyway. So twenty first in general is a pretty good kind of kind of spot. You're towards the end of the show should stick in people's minds. So look, I think it's a good good spot. But um, yeah, yeah, good spot. And Dale, where are you fellas going to be watching the show on Saturday night? What are your plans for the big live final? You don't have to get up early. That's the big thing. Oh, it's so much better that we don't have to get up early. It makes um, drinking some bubbly um, socially more acceptable <laughs> in the evening than at 5 a.m. Um, but no, we're going to actually, we don't, we're not going to the live show. Um, we didn't get tickets, but we didn't try because we've done that before and we loved it. 
but it's such a wonderful TV extravaganza and we've loved our time here and soaked up the atmosphere, gone to shows, but no, we have our Airbnb here. We've got the flags up. We're going to sit and watch it on TV here in Italy um, with a little bubbly or two, I imagine. Oh, honestly, that's a perfect way to do it. You've spent a lot of time in Italy. You've been to some of the jury shows. You went to the live final to see him qualify. So yeah, at least you two get to sort of relax and watch it together without sort of everybody else getting involved and talking over the songs. Just your your own little Eurovision party, is it? Yeah, people kept going, oh, we should organise a watch party. I'm like, no, I don't want you to come. <laughs> and not because you don't want to, but because, you know, as you know, um, all of us who do this fan press stuff and the podcast stuff, we live and breathe this for so many months. And then it's kind of this nice moment where we just sit and just watch it together and go through it all. And I just, yeah, I can't wait. Oh, boys, this has been really good fun to sort of look back at what happened in the semi-final. And we should also say as well, great to meet you guys in person. For those listening who didn't know, me and Rob managed to catch up when we were both in Turin earlier in the week with Mike and Dale. And it's safe to say we had a, we had a, few, we had a few drinks together, didn't we? I think the Huntsman pub is still recovering after that night, to be honest, mate. But no, absolute pleasure to meet you boys and uh, just such lovely guys. And um, yeah, real, one of the real highlights of our trip for sure. This is the Eurotrip. So this is the Eurotrip podcast. The band back together. James is with me. Great to have you along as well. And if you want to send us any of your thoughts at Eurotrip podcast, Twitter and Instagram, or hello at eurotrippodcast.com on the email, and you've got your hand up, sir. Oh, no, I didn't mean to ruin it by putting my hand up. I just wanted to take a moment to say, for me, because I know you've done this yourself, Rob, but I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you to everybody who's been in touch with us this week. We always get loads of comments and loads of reaction to all the episodes we do and all the work we do here on the Eurotrip, but it's been so heartwarming to see so many of you get in touch this week after you heard about our pretty pretty disastrous week uh, earlier on in Turin. So it's been lovely to see so many of you getting in touch letting us know you're still listening because it genuinely, genuinely does mean the world. So thank you so much. Genuinely, we've said genuinely a lot there. Uh, people and listeners, and maybe you're one of those listeners uh, who are listening at the moment, uh, have got in touch like with me because they know that I'm in isolation here and are like, oh, do you want us to get some food? Do you want us to... I was like, what? This is nuts. It is mad. So <laughs> yeah, what lovely listeners we have. We certainly do. We're very, very lucky to have you all. So thank you so much for listening and thanks for getting in touch. And please continue to do so because we love it so much. But we've got one more chat to have before we get to tomorrow's episode where we look ahead to the grand final. And that is going to be with Emma Kelly. She's a freelance journalist here in the UK. She's been on the podcast before and she's currently in Turin working for the Metro. She's also Irish. So as you can imagine... Her mood when she was in the arena last night and perhaps when she woke up this morning wasn't as positive as some others. No. Yeah, quite tricky to talk to an (laughs) Irish person today, isn't it? I think, and I think you think as well, shocking that Brooke is not in that grand final because she was fantastic last night. I think Brooke put on an absolutely incredible show. And I think I talk about this with Emma as well in in just a second. Just the progression that we've seen from Brooke since the national final on the Late Late Show, uh, Eurosong, to where she is now. It is just a stratospheric rise through the ranks. And I think she'll be very proud of her performance uh, when she manages to get over the, the overall result. Well, I, for one, hope she's back in that Irish bar right now (laughs) at the time that we're recording. I hope she's 
having a drink and congratulating herself on the performance that she gave, then yeah, I hope she enjoys the rest of her Eurovision week as best she can. Absolutely. So let's have this chat with Emma. She was in the press centre when we had this conversation. You'll be able to tell. You can hear the hustle and bustle in the background. And this is what happened when I caught up with her earlier today. It's not great. Um, I think as I had managed my expectations quite well in the run-up to the competition, I was like, do you know what? Semi-final two is a very, very strong semi-final. And if we had gone into one, maybe we would do well. So I've kind of made my peace with not qualifying. And then kind of saw the reactions from the dress rehearsals and everyone was like, do you know what? We think she could do it. And the performance was so good last night um, in the semi-final. I just thought it was would have been a really good addition to the final. Um, and it was genuinely a bit of a shock when she didn't get through in the end, particularly with some of the other songs which I didn't think were going to qualify, which did. And the, the vibe of the songs that qualified, which I didn't think would. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just really gutted for Brooke, to be honest, because she, you could see how much it meant to her, and she really just wanted to qualify. That was her aim, um, and I think she deserved to, and she couldn't have really done much else to, to do that. So, um, yeah, I think from what I kind of gathered from the arena, she was really, really popular, and. Uh, there was a lot of Irish there, so that really helped. Uh, there was so many tricolours around the place. It was incredible. But everyone I spoke to was surprised that she didn't get through. So I think she can really hold that and be proud of herself. I was going to say, it doesn't seem like you're the only one who was a bit shocked by the result. Because I can sort of tell by your reaction when it first happened and you see that Ireland wasn't one of those 10 qualifiers. You were a little bit taken aback, but it seems like it was like the rest of the arena and the the rest of the press centre were sort of on the same page. Yeah, I think that obviously I was going to be upset because I'm Irish and I really wanted Ireland to get through to the final just to have that sort of excitement and buzz around it again. But everyone I spoke to after the show were like, oh, and Ireland didn't get through. Isn't that mad? And I think... A lot of the time you can kind of gather who's going to get through based on the reaction and the atmosphere in the arena. You know when somebody comes onto the stage and the postcards are playing for everyone else at home and people are already going mad for the people who are walking on stage getting ready. You're like, they're going to do well. And like the reaction during it, everyone was dancing, everyone was singing along to the chorus. And afterwards, I mean, she went off stage leading a chorus of Ole Ole Ole, which was... (laughs) The way to an Irish person's heart, if I've ever heard it. Um, and it just seemed like that was a success. Like, nobody was, like, going to the bar during Brooke's performance. Nobody was going to the toilet. Um, so it was when afterwards when she didn't get through. I mean, she was one of maybe three acts that everyone kind of mentioned, saying, oh, I'm really surprised that uh, San Marino, Malta, and Ireland didn't get through. And she was kind of the most consistent answer for that. So, yeah, I think it was um, it was really surprising. And also on Twitter, I think the reaction was very like, whoa, she was robbed. And particularly because Ireland, we haven't had much to celebrate Eurovision-wise over the past few years. Um, even when there's been acts that have good songs, the staging has let us down or the concept has let us down. And I feel like, this year everything kind of tied together they actually had the right concept i really like the staging they changed to 
I thought that was so much slicker. It really suited the song. Um, so yeah, I think everyone that I kind of follow on social was like, are you serious? You didn't get through. Um, yeah, feel a little bit robbed now. I'm, I'm quite surprised and I think that she can hold her head high because I think a lot of people are questioning why she didn't get through. I was going to say, I think a lot of people have been shocked and taken back by the result, which is natural because us Eurovision fans, we know the songs for months on end. And then you get this casual audience who flock to it and have very differing opinions. So it's it's always yeah. a bit of a difficult situation to find yourselves in when some of our favourite songs lose out in the semi-finals. But thankfully, we've still got 25 in the final. And just a quick word on what we've got there. And what you saw last night, what else was grabbing the room? What else do you think people are going to be... Well, what, the, what do you think the casual audience is really going to love in the final? I mean, I think that Serbia is really going to surprise us on the night. I think that is going to be a big scorer with both Televote and Juries. Because I was kind of like, it'll do well with the Juries. Um, because it's a really clever song. It's a really good concept. But I think it is actually translating a lot better than I thought it would with more um, sort of casual Eurovision viewers and um, because the thing is on like like sort of on paper it's kind of like oh it's a quirky kind of song and like Meghan Markle's mentioned and like there's hand washing and stuff but it's the lyrics are incredible it's a really good message and it's a really good moment at the end so I think that she's going to do really really well and I still have high hopes for uh, Cornelia for Sweden I think that there were kind of concerns a little bit about what the rehearsals were going like and things like that. But last night, I think she really pulled it out of the bag. It's a brilliant pop song. Um, she sounds great. I think it's interesting watching it from inside the arena because that's the staging that is done for television. But I think that'll play in her favour for the televote. So that's good. Um, Sweden, and I think... Um, I mean, the UK, I, it's, I just think Sam is just so great and I think it's really going to do well. I'm still imagining a Ukraine versus UK final two, like face off on the, on the screen. Oh, that's going to be television gold if it happens, isn't it? Where we get down to the <laughs> final two sets of televote points and it's Ukraine and the UK. It could potentially happen. I think it's, it's a high possibility and I think like Sam... He's such a brilliant representative for the UK. I think, like it's been said many times, like on your podcast, on like, oh, they, I think he is turning it around a little bit for the UK. He's really like a breath of fresh air for it. And he seems so popular. I literally just passed him there in the hall like five minutes ago. And he was just like, like we were walking past, we just smiled. And he didn't know who we were. And he was just like, hi. <laughs> like, oh, nice. And he's just an absolute sweetheart. And I really just hope that with all the hype, he does do well because that can be a lot of pressure, um, particularly after the years that the UK have had. Um, but I'm really hoping that as well. Well, Emma, there's not a long time for us to wait and find out exactly what is going to happen on Saturday night. And if you do ever need anybody else to chat to for another therapy session about islands, non-qualification, you know where to come. Emma, thank you so much for joining us for a chat and... Enjoy the final on Saturday night. Well, a huge thank you to Emma Kelly for going through that therapy session with you and 
talking about Ireland's non-qualification for the grand final and also getting her thoughts looking ahead to Saturday of some of the songs that she thinks may do very well and always nice to get a little bit of a mention for the UK Sam Ryder there Sam Ryder who will be mentioned safe to say a lot more in tomorrow's episode and also a massive thanks to the boys from Aussie Vision and also to Pete Allison from BBC Radio Leeds for joining us as well yeah, it's been a great podcast today. We've had loads of great reaction to last night's semi-final. But I think now is the moment. We stop looking back and we're going to start looking forwards. If we were Zobzy Dob, we would be boarding the train and we would be looking ahead to a journey which ends at the European Grand Final. Does that does that work? Does that come I, I get work? what you're doing. Yeah, I get what you're trying to do, and you Vision fans will appreciate the metaphor. But but you're absolutely right. On tomorrow's episode, it's going to be day seven of the Eurotrip, live from Turin, and we're going to be gearing you up for the grand final of the Eurovision Song Contest 2022, joined by a whole host of guests and experts on the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, we're going to be chatting the running order, who are the winners and the losers, who might do well, who might struggle. We're going to be chatting to some experts as well, from the contender countries as well. So, you know, we'll be chatting to our friend Toby Ek from Sweden about whether or not Sweden can get that famous seventh win. We'll be chatting about the UK, of course. We might even have time to chat Ukraine and also Spain as well. Loads to come and potentially a little behind the set and potentially a little behind the scenes insight as well. So make sure you keep an eye across your podcast feeds tomorrow because that episode will be with you as quickly as possible so you can have a listen and build up to the big show maybe while you're putting your bunting up yeah yeah my bunting is already up before you ask me mine is already up i'm ready for the eurovision party so have, have you got the snacks in what are you eating uh, i don't know yet i don't know yet I'll, I'll let you know on tomorrow's episode fantastic sounds good so until until that next episode don't forget uh, to keep in touch with us online we are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email and make sure you subscribe leave us a review and rate us five stars from me James it's goodbye and from me Rob it's goodbye How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.